The person who deserves the most pity is a lonesome one on a rainy day who doesn't know how to read, Benjamin Franklin. Hello and welcome back to the Turn Right Podcast. This is episode 102, recapping and reviewing all of the books I read this summer during Q3, plus some personal writing updates. And no, this podcast is not on a delay. I think summer goes through like September 21st or 22nd, something like that. So um, this podcast is very much in real time. But overall, it was a really great quarter for me for reading. Um, I read a lot of really good books that I would definitely recommend. Uh, It was a little slower for me writing. Uh, This quarter, I did a ton of traveling, um, so I just didn't have as much time to write as I would have liked. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and break down all of the books on this week's episode. And I'll be sure to leave the titles in the description box as well in case you're interested in reading any of these. So the first book I read was Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Oh my gosh, this was like the it book of the summer. It was so good. It was everything I wanted in a romance. It was humorous. It was sad. It was quick paced. It had very picturesque writing. Um, It's definitely one of my favorite stories of the year, and I would totally recommend this book to anyone. I was instantly intrigued by the setup of this pretentious Sebastian who's reading this Times article about spritzes, and that spritzes are over, and then he proceeds to ask for a glass of wine. So you really get how funny Carly Fortune's writing style is from that setup. And then um, Percy, the protagonist's sort of nemesis, Taylor, she's wearing all white, and Percy says, I want to squirt her with the ketchup bottle. I thought that was so funny and so relatable. Like, you know, those people that just are always so perfect. It's like you just want to ruffle them up a little bit. And I think Percy was a really relatable and likable character. Essentially, her and her long-lost lover, um, they part, they go their separate ways, they have sort of a fight and falling out, and the story is flashback and uncovering um, their past and unfortunately a tragic event of Percy's lover's mother passing away brings them back together to this lake house and they slowly fall in love again. I know some people said the ending was unbelievable but I liked it. It was what I wanted. I wanted a feel-good ending Um, and I just think this book was so well done. I cannot recommend it enough. Five stars out of five for sure. The next story I read was the classic The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, and I did really review this story in depth last week on the podcast, so if you want a more depth review of this, um, go ahead and listen to last week's episode. But Margaret Atwood is just such an intelligent woman. I mean, this dystopia was so well-crafted, really one of the best I've ever read. It's definitely a classic for a reason. Um, It's a very provocative story from the get-go. We know Margaret is going to be talking about religion, she's going to be talking about morals, she's going to be talking about society, women, all of these different intriguing and polarizing concepts, which as I noted in last week's episode, is important for dystopia to be polarizing. Otherwise, it's just not that interesting. Um, There's a lot of really provocative lines, like we couldn't even be trusted with guns. Waste not, want not, I'm not being wasted, why do I want? It's a very sexual story for literary fiction, but it's very eloquent and it explores more of the humanness, morality, and just desire of sexual attraction rather than being this like weird 
out there type novel. Um, there's a lot of symbolism in the story. Everything is so well done. Everything means something. The Marthas wearing the red cloaks, um, just how the different houses are structured, the different names. It's all very interesting. The ending is very open-ended, but I liked it because the story is very literary in nature. If you haven't read The Handmaid's Tale, read it. I guarantee you it will change your perspective. Next, I read Verity by Colleen Hoover. This book was enormously hyped up, as are most of Colleen Hoover's books. And the only other Colleen Hoover book I had read up until this point was It Ends With Us. Overall, I thought that story had a good moral, but the writing style was very cheesy. And I felt the same way with this story. The intro with the blood splattering everywhere, this dramatic you know, this dramatic account on the street, that just makes me so angry that she got away with that because I feel like amateur writers, like if I wrote this, my critique group would say, oh my god, that's so cheesy, like please eliminate, please make less dramatic. And I just think that all of her stories are very dramatic in nature and I guess it's appealing to people because she's selling so many books and I think that's fantastic for her as a writer and for the writing community, but it's just not something that really appeals to me. I did like this one a little bit better than It Ends With Us, but overall, I think the cheesy and cheap dialogue and like exaggerated scenes and of course the overly sexual tone of the novel um, just makes me kind of cringe a bit and it's just not something that I find like super up my style. Um, the plot was good, it definitely kept me guessing, but the characterization and writing style really lacked. Um, for example, there's this one line, just a horrible line, he fed me before he effed me. Like, ooh, like, why is that in there? That should be not in the story. Um, I do think the setup was good. We felt very sympathetic towards Lowen and Verity. You know, Verity is this poor cripple. And I think the setup was definitely on Jeremy, so the ending was very satisfying. So I did like the plot, and it was very fast-paced. Um, but just, I just don't understand why this, why all of her stories have to be so creepy sexual. I don't get it. I guess it appeals to some people, but it's just not really for me. Next, I read I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. This was nonfiction. I had never even known who Jeanette McCurdy was till I read this story. I never watched iCarly or any show on Nickelodeon for that matter, which I know is like shocking to some people, but I was always a reader growing up. You see, I didn't watch much TV. And this story is just so compelling. It is nonfiction. And it was the first nonfiction book I had read in a while. Um, I think the title was just really intriguing to me. At first you kind of think, oh, this girl's gonna be a you know what? But then you really, really understand her perspective and all of these horrible things that she's gone through and how sad her life was, even though she was famous and she made tons of money. Her mother was so manipulative, narcissistic, controlling, abusive, just honestly this horrible person. I also think it shines this really important light on eating disorders and how crazy you have to actually be to become famous. And the whole story is just really sad. Um, how much her mother damaged her and her relationship with food and just life in general. It was just a really sad but compelling read and I would definitely also encourage anyone to read this story. Finally, I read The Moonshiner's Daughter by Donna Everett. This story was marketed for fans of Where the Crawdads Sing and as many of you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Crawdads. I actually DNF'd it, um, but at first I really liked the voice of the story. 
Um, I had a lot of empathy for Jessie. I felt bad for her. Her mom died. Her family is in this rogue moonshine business, and she kind of seems like the odd one out. So there's a lot of empathy for her right there. However, the novel was just so incredibly slow-paced, and I really wanted to stop reading it. And I think if the language and writing style isn't there for Litvik, you know, if the metaphor isn't developed, um, why are authors, you know, marketing their story as Litvik, but then relying on this quote-unquote slow burn mystery to keep us intrigued? Because I just think the pacing and plot is not there for there to be intrigue from the story, so there needs to be more more theme, more character development, and just better language, which I felt like this story lacked those things. Like, Lickfit is not who done it. The point of Anna Karina isn't who killed Anna Karina, it's why did Anna Karina kill herself, if you know what I'm saying. So I just think that there, there could have been more depth in this story if it was explored better, if the backstories were explored better, if there was more character motivation, more interesting minor characters just a better developed theme, but I don't think it was there. I think this story was like an outline of a story and I just I just thought it was very, very slow paced and unfortunately I probably wouldn't recommend this story. I give it like a two out of five. Overall, this quarter I read some of these books extremely fast, like I'm Glad My Mom Died, Verity, Every Summer After. They were really quick reads for me. The Handmaid's Tale and The Moonshiner's Daughter were a lot slower. As far as my writing goes, I have been working on I don't even know how many drafts of this novel it's been at this point, but um, I did get like up through the midpoint and I was actually feeling pretty proud of this story, um, but then I got a little blocked and stuck on my edits, so I went back to the beginning and once again, I'm really satisfied with the opening chapters of this story. I think they're really strong and I'm just going back and editing and making sure the middle and ending is as strong as the beginning. Um, hopefully I can publish it early next year, fingers crossed. It's still going to be a lot of work ahead of me and I do have a couple more trips coming up this quarter which were kind of unexpected but this past quarter I traveled for work to Dallas, I traveled for fun to Nashville and Chicago, um, and I also traveled with my boyfriend to a conference for his work to Hershey PA, so um, I've been doing a lot and really busy, but still trying to make time to write in between these trips um, and just whenever I possibly can. I did join a writer's group, I think at the beginning of this summer, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, and it's been really beneficial for me. I have definitely gotten some good takeaways and edits for my story, as well as just learning from other people. So I would encourage you to join a writer's group if you haven't. You know, you can look for them on Facebook, um, different writing organizations, websites. I found my writer's group through Pen Writers. It is um, a big writer's organization. I don't know if you have to live in Pennsylvania to be in it, but... Um, it's definitely Pennsylvania-based, and so that's how I discovered my writer's group. But I hope you enjoyed this reading recap. Hopefully I can read um, four more books this year to get to 20 books. I think I wanted to read 30, but that's okay. 20 is still a pretty substantial number with everything else that's going on in my life. But thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.